What is up, everyone? Cub Cooker here. Welcome to the MyBible.Works podcast. If you're brand new here, we explore the Bible in a brand new way on this show every single day. We go through scripture as well as other works from uh, ancient times. Today, we're going to be going through the Gospel of Thomas and looking at who Jesus really was. Is he what we think he is from church and our Americanized culture? Or is he someone much different and much deeper? And I'm going to share that with you guys on today's episode. So without further ado, let's roll the intro. Welcome to the MyBible.Works podcast. I'm your host, Cub Cooker. In this tribe, we believe God reveals secrets to us and we expect spiritual treasure. The kingdom of God is in our midst, inside us and around us. We are thankful to have been given much and know we will receive even more. We renew our minds daily through scripture and the power of prayer. We manifest our faith through thought, emotion, prayer, and action. We believe the word of God is highly effective and sharper than any sword. Welcome and smash that subscribe button. Welcome back everybody. Cub Cooker here, your host for MyBible.Works podcast. Today we've got a really awesome episode. As I said, we're going to dive in. We're going to look at the Gospel of Thomas We've got a brand new setup here that I hope you guys really enjoy. If you do like it, smash that subscribe button. That really helps the channel out here. So if you believe the Bible works, if you believe it has power in your life and in the life of the church and this world, then uh, you're in the right place because we on a daily basis here unpack scripture, look at how it is applicable to our life and uh, we go through that every single day here and, and figure out meaningful ways to apply it. So today we're going to talk about is the Jesus of the Bible the real Jesus? And I want to say, first off, I'm not a Bible scholar, but these are my experiences with this. I'm going to tell you about a book that I read here that's going to be a game changer for you if you want to go read this book. Um, I did it on audiobook and it's fantastic. It's called The Gospel of Thomas. I'll show you here in a minute. Now, whether you believe this is gospel truth or not, I'm not here to tell you it is one way or another, but I'm here to open your mind and help try to decode some of what scripture means so that we can apply it to our lives and actually live a different life. I think one of the biggest issues we have in our society is that we believe and we don't live differently. So, First off, you've been lied to, and uh, the name of Jesus that we say, we say it in church, we say it in worship songs, maybe you're here because you're just curious about who Jesus is, and I'm here to tell you that he's not who you think he is, he's not who we think he is. The name Jesus comes from the Greek way of expressing his name. And I couldn't tell you how to say that, but which is pronounced Jesus, Jesus. So from Jesus, that's where we get Jesus. And that name is not actually what he would have been called. So already we've been starting with false data or changed data. And so it's really important, I think, for us to dive in and look at this, look at Yeshua in Hebrew uh, it's a version of the name Joshua. It means salvation. And so uh, Yeshua is made of three Hebrew letters, Y, S, H, and U. 
and uh, right there on the screen is, is how it actually looks there. But what's really interesting is the last missing letter is called an ayin, which rather interestingly means I. And if you see that I up above, um, this is more about an I, okay, being able to see. So if you don't have that last letter of Jesus, can you really see? And that's what I wanted to ask today. Can you even really see um, if we don't have that last letter of Jesus? So I find that really, really interesting. Um, and I wanted to just look at that today because uh, in the Gospel of Thomas, this is the book that I just read right here. Uh, it's the Gnostic Wisdom of Jesus by Jean uh, Yevs Liup and uh, Jacob Needleman. So uh, go check that out if you haven't. Uh, it's super, super good. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. And it just opened up my mind a whole lot to like, what what is all this about? And sorry, the video is lagging here. It doesn't want to play in the background for some reason. But we're working through some new stuff here. So in 1945, near the Arab village of Nag Hammadi, it was by accident that a digging peasant's blade struck the treasure in the buried jar. And so there's this jar buried, and they find these scrolls similar to the Dead Sea Scrolls. This is in 1945, and they start going through all this stuff. Now, mind you, we, we already had a canonized Bible at that point, so... You know, this stuff didn't make it into the Bible that we have today, that we read today. Doesn't mean it's not true, and it doesn't mean it is true, either one. So, um, but they have, you know, gone through these texts and figured out that, like, okay, they uh, look legitimate, they match up, and you'll see as we go through some of the scriptures here, guys, it's going to blow your mind because they line up so closely with what we're used to having already in our Bible but it expands your mind so much around these concepts and it will change the way you think about Christ, about Yeshua. Uh, so these are split up into what are called logions. So instead of scriptures like we have in the Bible, uh, I've got my Bible over here. Again, these are not in the Bible that you'll buy at uh, Mardell's or uh, Barnes and Noble or anything like that. These are a separate set of texts that were found in jars under the dirt that had been there for years, thousands of years probably. Um, and so again, they were found in the forties, not made into our Bible yet. Uh, maybe one day if the Lord lets us keep going thousands of years, we might find them in a version of the Bible. We don't know. Depends on if, uh, they're considered, to be true and worthy of being in the Bible or not. So, but I love looking at this stuff because it is going to give you a much different picture of who God is and who you are. So, Logion 1 or Scripture 1, Yeshua said, Whoever lives the interpretation of these words will no longer taste death. Now, that is a powerful statement, and you can reference that I put down here on the screen John 5 24. 851 through 52, Matthew 13, 10 through 15. Uh, you can go look up those scriptures. I wanted to include those for you so you can look at the reference scriptures that are super similar. Uh, and these just kind of expound upon what we already know. So, Logion 2, Yeshua said, Whoever searches must continue to search until they find. When they find, they will be disturbed. 
and being disturbed, they will marvel and will reign over all. So what does that mean, guys? What a powerful statement for us to even consider at this point. You know, what does that even mean? Uh, they, they will reign over all. Um, you know, we hear about co-reigning with Christ in the Bible. Uh, there's even a verse in the Bible that says that we are sons of God, or in some translations, that we are gods. Little g. Uh, and so this is a very powerful thing here. But I love this because it's a process. And much like our process of Christianity or spirituality, whatever you claim, uh, even if you're here, you're agnostic or uh, you absolutely don't believe in God, but you're just interested in maybe maybe Jesus was a real person. Maybe he knew something I don't. Uh, that's what I want to kind of open people's mind to today. So Logion 2, again, I'll read it again. Meaning, uh, and I'll tell you what it means here in a second or what I think it means. Yeshua said, whoever searches must continue to search until they find. When they find, they will be disturbed. And being disturbed, they will marvel and will reign over all. So this is very powerful, guys. Uh, it's very powerful to me because I've been on a search my whole life. And I can tell you this is true because whoever searches will continue to search. I am continuing to search. That's why we're here together doing this. We're all on a search. I don't care if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a leader, uh, if you work at a church, or if you're just trying to be better for your family and, and build a better life around scriptural and biblical ideas. That's what I'm here to just help mentor through that. Again, I'm not an expert at this. But I've been on a search. I'm a perpetual seeker, and I want to help uh, those of you that are seeking as well. So we must continue to search until we find. When we find, we will be disturbed. And I believe, I know what this means here is because recently I've been going through a spiritual awakening, and my mind has been opened to a lot of the, pardon my French, but BS out there in the world. And it's disturbing to me. It disturbs me to see what people believe and how they act and how they treat each other and how the system is set up and how the uh, governments of the world and the leaders of the world are set up. And all of these things are disturbing to me. But being disturbed, they will marvel. It's disturbing that we live on a planet that we do, that we live uh, on this earth. And I'll go back to this other screen so you guys can read it with me. It's disturbing that we have the moon, that we have the stars, that we have the sun, that our planet is perfectly aligned and on its axis. It's disturbing that the seasons happen. It's disturbing. And then when you give glory to who did it, then we can marvel at it. And that's, to me, what this scripture means. And will reign over all. What does that mean? Once you start to get it and give glory to God, he feeds you more. More in your mind, more in your soul, and opens your eyes truly to what is going on. And it allows you to, to really co-reign even now. And we, we see in scripture a lot and a lot of churches interpret scripture as being this thing that will happen or uh, that is, you know, after revelation or something like that. But really, and the, what I believe is that it's both. It's here now. And we're about to see this awesome scripture coming up. It's here now and it is coming still. 
So let's go on to the next one here. Logion 3. Yeshua said, if those who guide you say, look, the kingdom is in the sky, then the birds are closer than you. If they say, look, it is in the sea, then the fish already know it. The kingdom is inside you and it is outside of you. When you know yourself, then you will be known. And you will know that you are the child of the living father. But if you do not know yourself, you will live in vain and you will be vanity. This one is disturbing. And uh, I put a disturbing image in the background for us because it takes us to a different level here. Logion 3, I'm going to read it again. If those who guide you say, look, the kingdom is in the sky, then the birds are closer than you. If they say, look, it is in the sea, then the fish already know it. So why would it be in those places is what the scripture is saying or what I interpret it as saying. Why would the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light be in the sky? Why would it be in the ocean? Because then the fish and the birds would already know it and they would never even come down. The kingdom is inside you and it is outside of you. So I've felt this before. I've known this before. Not a feeling, but a knowing at very few points in my life. And now I'm working on trying to fully harness this every day. And I want you guys to, to dive into this with me because this is such a powerful concept. When you know yourself, then you will be known and you will know that you are the child of the living father. But if you do not know yourself, you will live in vain and you will be vanity. So if we don't know who we are, who we are in Christ, then our life is vanity. And this lines up with Matthew 24, 26 through 27, Mark 13, 5 through 7, Luke 17, 21, Deuteronomy 30, uh, 11 through 14, and Romans 10, 6 through 8. So you guys can look those up, see how much it aligns, guys. This is just amazing, amazing stuff. Logion 4, Yeshua said, an aged person will not hesitate to ask a seven-day-old infant about the place of life and that person will live many of the first will make themselves last and they will become one so what does that mean this one's a hard one too and uh, i put the chakras in the background of this now i'm not uh, a big believer in that or anything other than I do know that we have energies and that God is energy and that we have our spirit. We are a spirit. And so the idea of asking a seven day old infinite about the place of life, where did you come from? So if we ask that child, the reason this is important, and I'll go back to the screen for everybody here. The reason this is important is because in Jewish culture on the eighth day, you were circumcised you became indoctrinated into that society. And so to ask an infant pre-indoctrination where they came from, what is the place of life, you would get a true answer. And so this is saying that person will live. Many of the first will make themselves last and they will become one. And we, we hear this from scripture from Matthew 19, 30, 20 and 16, 
for Matthew chapter uh, 19, verse 30, uh, chapter 20, verse 16, Mark 10, 31, Luke 13, 30, John 17, 20 through 23. So again, I want to include the scriptures because I believe the Bible is our authority in life. I believe it works in our life. And anytime we have other scriptures with it, I want to find out what the Bible has to say about that. And through going through this book, I've discovered that there is so much truth in this. And it lines up so beautifully with what the Bible says and really opens our mind to what might it mean? What if we were to walk in this way, this way of asking an infant about the place of life? What would we learn about life? The first will make themselves last and they will become one. This doesn't just talk about becoming first like we're used to hearing. This talks about becoming one. So humbling yourself and becoming one with the Father and with other believers. That one love mentality, guys. And sorry, I got a thousand screens here, so I'm looking over over my shoulder at different ones. But we'll keep moving on. Logion 10, Yeshua said, I have sown fire upon the world, and now I tend it to a blaze. And this is powerful, guys, because we see this, and this is in Luke 12, 49 as well. You can uh, go reference that there. I have sown fire upon the world and now I tend it to a blaze. And this doesn't mean that doom and destruction, guys. Even so much of what's in Revelation, I now, after going through this and reading this, I now have a much better understanding and I feel like uh, we're looking at an awakening versus a destruction. Even the idea of Revelation, that Armageddon that we hear is an awakening. The original root of that is to awaken to realize not destroy and we just we 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 see hollywood movies brainwash us to believe something about the bible about our own faith that's not true and so i love this guys because yeshua said i've sown fire upon the world and now i tend it to a blaze has he done that in your heart if you're just here and you're trying to figure out who this guy is and you go through the church version or the fluffy cloud pillow Jesus, then we get a much different picture than someone who's sowing fire upon your heart and lighting you up as a spiritual being, allowing you to become who you're meant to be, who God created you to be as a co-heir of the throne, as a child of the true God. Amazing stuff, guys. Again, I just want to share with you so you can have your own interpretation. Logion 13, Yeshua said to his disciples, what am I like for you? To what would you compare me? Simon Peter said, you are like a righteous angel. Matthew said, you are like a wise philosopher. Thomas said, master, my mouth could never utter what you are like. And that right there, guys mind-blowing my mouth could never utter what you're like how many times do we try to explain jesus how many times do we try to explain yeshua when you can't when you really know him and you can't explain him your mouth cannot utter what you are like the second part of this scripture is absolutely beautiful this one you can reference three uh matthew 3 12 16 13 through 20 mark 8 27 through 30 luke 3 17 9 18 through 21 john 8 58 10 and 6 
uh, Leviticus 9.24, Numbers 16.35, and Judges 9.15. So lots of lots of good references there. Let's jump over to this next one here. So Logion 13, Yeshua told him, I am no longer your master because you have drunk and become drunken from the same bubbling source from which I spring. He took him aside and said three words to him. When Thomas returned to his companions, they questioned him. What did Yeshua tell you? Thomas answered, if I told you even one of the things he said to me, you would pick up stones and throw them at me and fire would come out of those stones and consume you. And guys, wow, what a mind blowing scripture here. Let's talk about this one just for a second. I am no longer your master based on what he told him a second ago. I'll go back to that other slide. So master, my mouth could never utter what you are like. Okay. In response to that, Yeshua tells him, I am no longer your master because you have drunk and become drunken from the same bubbling source which I spring. Is that not the goal of following Christ? To drink from where he comes from. To become like him. We hear becoming Christ-like and yet we still follow this uh, fluffy cloud image of Jesus and think that uh, of him as just a comforter. When really he is a master that is trying to show us where the source of life is. That through him, through his sacrifice on the cross, we can find that same bubbling source of life. He takes uh, Thomas aside and then tells him three words. I don't have a clue what those three words were. But apparently they were words that might have upset the other apostles. And they might have tried to stone him. And then fire would come out of those stones and consume them. I don't know what that means. I'm not even going to try to interpret that part because some of this stuff gets really weird. I tried to put some of the, the core pieces of it in here for you guys. So Logion 17, there are 107 of these, I believe, by the way. We're not going to go through all of them today. Logion 17, Yeshua said, I will give you that which no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no hand has touched, and no human heart has conceived. Reference that with Matthew 4, 9, Luke 1, 77, John 7, 39, Acts 2, or Acts 7, 23, 1 Corinthians 2, 9, Isaiah 64, 3, and Jeremiah 3, 16. So I will give you that which no eye has seen and no ear has heard, no hand has touched, no human heart has conceived. Guys, this is, is this not what we want? Do we just want Sunday salvation where we feel better about ourselves and about our crappy life choices? Or do we want something much deeper, something that no human heart has conceived, no hand has touched, no ear has heard, something that infinitely lights us up, letting God so fire in us through Christ and awaken us to a spring, to a well where he actually comes from. Did the scriptures that you just heard disrupt your view of Jesus? Is it time for you to rethink who it is that you are serving? Can we allow new scripture to expand our mind and heart towards a cosmic Yeshua? And I love this one here. This is the final question before we sign off here. Can we allow new scripture to expand our mind and heart towards a cosmic Yeshua? That's my question for all of us, guys. That's my question. 
is can we allow these scriptures, whether we hold them as gospel truth or not, to expand our mind and hearts towards a cosmic Yeshua who is drinking from the source. Can we drink from that same source? I hope you guys have enjoyed this. This is just to expand your mind. We're starting this whole new series. We're just going to dig deep into the Bible and different scriptures and ideas and even other religions to look for truth and find what it is we're supposed to be doing on this planet. Not even supposed to be doing, but how we are to exist. Can we exist on a different level than we have before? And I say yes. And I want to take you guys on a journey with me. So I love you guys. Thank you for watching. Be sure and hit that subscribe button. I'll see you guys on the next one. Peace. Hey, my Bible works tribe. If you enjoyed that episode, be sure and hit that subscribe button. That's the best way you can support us here on the channel. If you love growing in love and finding out more about God in the heavenly realms, then head over to mybible.works and engage in our free community. Let's grow in truth together.